Hi, Doug. Hey, Karen. How's it going? It's going. We chug along. We are chugging. <laughs> we're chugging. Well, we're not. We should be chugging something. Yeah, we should. We really should be chugging we something. We should. Maybe one day. Yes. Maybe maybe one pod. Oh, God. I should have taken a gummy before this. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, where are we? Season six, episode six? Season six, yeah. right? Season okay. six, episode six, the light at the end of the tumble. I don't understand that. Yes, I'll explain it to you when we get there. Okay, good. I'm like, I don't remember a tumble. I'll tell you. Okay, thanks. I'll explain it. We'll get there eventually. Okay, great. So this was, um, you know, I, I, my viewing of this was interrupted. So I watched, like I did last week, sort of like most of it one day and then the last 12 minutes today. So I had like this split of it again and I almost feel like I was, there was so much going on in this episode that I felt like, particularly with Billy and Samantha, that I felt like I was watching like two different episodes. Well, I mean, we say so much, but it's like so much of nothing. Especially yes. when we're talking about that couple. I think we can get them out of the way right quick. That sounds good. Let's do it. So, okay, you know how we had this whole episode last week, Desperately Seeking Samantha, where it was all about Billy going to Maryland to beg Sam to come back and to, like, really defy her mother, who was never going to let her go again? Yeah. Well, we didn't resolve that last week. So you figure, oh, God, this dumb storyline is going to go on. And no, it's actually resolved in an extended cold open this episode. <laughs> What's the point? I know. Why couldn't they have just ended last week's episode with this? Right. That's that's your episode. That's your whole journey. Put it in one episode. So, no, we get one point, you know, like one-sixth of an episode. Billy comes, well, um, Sam's mom, Kate, runs that little crab shack. And Billy comes to the crab shack to say goodbye to Sam. He's saying, I'm going to go back to L.A., but I can't leave without saying I love you. And she's like, all right, it's better if I stay. You have to go. Bye, Billy. So he yeah. leaves. And then she goes back inside and has a whole heart-to-heart with her mom and about growing up with that horrible dad. And the mom was like, I thought I did what I had to, but it wasn't enough. And now it's my chance to protect you. But, like, Billy is not the same bad as her criminal father. Um, and Sam was like, no, you did a great job. You did everything you could to protect me and my brother. Um, and and I love you. And I decided I'm going to go back. And, like, that's the last we see of her mom. That's the last we see of Joanna Cassidy. Yeah. And, you know, they cut credits. Um, and that's, that's the last we see of... Maryland. That's all. that's all for Maryland. That's all for the crabs. There's no more Alyssa crabs. Was like, did Billy give notice to the crabbers that he had now been employed by? What happened? Did he have to double file when it comes to tax time? What happened? To, what's his name? Ernie or Eddie the cook? Like, where, where did he go? He's gone. So, yeah. And then there's a scene later on in the episode. Billy has, I guess, flown to L.A. and probably gone straight to work. He's coming home from work, and we see there's someone in the apartment, and it's Samantha. And she's got candles lit, and she's pouring glasses of wine for them. And she's back home, and she's decided, like, yeah, she's back for good, and, and they make up. 
It's like, all right, well, what the point? What was the point of any of this? There wasn't, because, and, it's, and it was almost like they forgot why she left him in the first place was because yeah. you know he didn't want to marry her. Or they Which also kind of forgot, big, you know. And they also forgot the point that like she was doing really stupid crap, like a leading to Sid's death and b telling Craig about the hostile takeover her boyfriend was planning against him. Yeah. Which are I think you know infractions, but whatever. Um, you know, and then there was also once again like the Melrose sort of like revisionist history. Like all of a sudden we're learning that not only was Samantha's dad a ne'er-do-well in terms of criminal activity, he was also a wife beater. He was abusive, yeah. He was abusive, and I'm assuming was abusive to the children. To I the mean, kid. usually if you abuse the wife, you abuse the kids. But there was no, which would explain why she was so fearful of him. But the thing was, we spent how many episodes with her, I'm doing this for my dad because I feel guilty um, for putting him away in jail, rather than I'm doing this for my dad because he scares the living crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm afraid that he's going to come after me. And so, you know, and so that that part, that really annoyed me. Because I was like, this could have been part of that storyline eons ago, and it would have made so much more sense rather than, oh, I feel guilty because I'm the one that put him in jail. Yeah, they could have really made him a bigger monster. Yeah. Would have all still fit what he was doing. Yeah. Like, he wasn't less of a bad guy. He was a bad guy to the end. You could have just filled in those blanks then. Yeah. I mean, particularly since she was always like, my dad's not a bad guy. He's just a criminal. You know what I mean? Well, no, it sounds like your mom had a very different experience with him (laughs) (laughs) that you knew about. (laughs) But no, he's not a bad guy. He's just a criminal. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was so... But I, when that whole thing happened in the crab shack, I got really angry. Yeah, the crab shack. We'll, we will never see that place again. So okay. don't you worry. But you're saying, what drives you crazy? Like, retconning? Revisionist history? Because well, I don't yeah, think survive the show at all. I know. Well, that <laughs> one in particular, because that was such an easy, like... That was yeah, kind of a no-brainer. This part, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if they had made that part of the storyline to begin with, I think that it would have made a lot of that make much more sense because she could have been suffering from some sort of PTSD, from the abuse. You know, there are Stockholm Syndrome. Like, there are things that would have worked better in that instead of it being like, I'm doing this for my con dad because I, I feel guilty. I feel guilty. It's my fault he went to jail. I feel guilty. You know, but they never they never actually like came right out and said he's abusive. Mm. I guess they maybe hinted at it like cuz he was so not, but not re- like not really. if they did it was just ambiguous. I don't even think they yeah. hinted. And I was kind of like, if they, that's what, I mean, you know, the revisionist history, we get that all the time, but this one in particular irked me because it could have strengthened that storyline and they didn't pull it out until now. Way after, yeah. Come on. But anyway. Well, now she's back. She's back. She's back. So we wake up in bed with him the next morning and then Billy's like, oh, oh my God. This is great, but I got to go. I got to interview graphic designers for work. And it's like, right now? You just remembered right now, and now you've got to pick yourself up out of bed? And like, oh, okay. Fine, fine, Billy. Go, go do that. But the point of that is now Sam knows he's interviewing for graphic artists, 
So she lets herself in so that Billy can interview her as a candidate to be the graphic designer for Amanda Woodward Advertising. Did you see the portfolio she brought? Yeah. <laughs> it was like it was like pastels that my kid when she was like three did. <laughs> like it was like it was like ter- it was terrible and i was like oh my god and billy hired her well of course he hired her but it's like Alyssa was like did she have to provide references like who's it gonna be kyle because he purchased that one thing of like a poodle taking a dump on marilyn monroe's lawn and like the supermarket where her dad held them up <laughs> like who who would her references be well, How does, would she find another job anyway if Billy didn't hire her? But does Kyle even know that she was the artist behind those paintings, or does he still think it's that random dude I that still, Sid made he's up? He's probably dumb enough to think there's, like, a Russian artist who... Uh, he probably feels guilty that he didn't keep investing in for, for more artwork uh, for the upstairs once that launched. Yeah, no kidding. I, but, yeah, that portfolio... I was, like, looking... I was, like, they couldn't have done something. Like, they could I was like, come on, prop department. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, it's more than Billy brought to the table when Amanda hired him on So all those years ago. So I guess this is actually them working harder. I guess. I guess. So, yeah. So now she is gainfully employed um, from supermarket checkout girl to high-powered agency creative. She'll be running Mad Men in no time. I mean, I wish it was that easy. Uh, yeah, I wish. Jesus. I wish um, it was that easy. Yeah, I mean, if you really, like, studied everyone's career paths on this show when you were little, yeah, you would think that, that just about anything was attainable in no time flat. Which, I but, mean, I guess that's what the business gurus all say. If you just believe hard enough in yourself, somebody else will believe in you, too. Yeah, I mean, they say that, so you pay them. And then, yeah. like, how come I don't have a job? <laughs> how come I don't have, come on, $5,000? How come no one's hiring me? And I still don't have a job. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Okay, so now she's she's employed. And then, uh, where do we go so, from there? Well, so there's one more thing. It's date night. And yes. Billy and Sam are out in the town. They're going to some, like, revival theater doing Roman Holiday. Um, and as they're walking up, Sam is saying, are you sure you made the right choice in hiring me? You know, a lot of people are talking about how you only hired me because we're dating, which, like, is why. Um, yes, but, okay. And it's like, but if this is true, like, this could be its own episode this could actually be more interesting to watch than anything that happened with the crabs in Maryland. And we should have seen something like that. But no, it doesn't matter because that's not really what the scene is about. It's now is the time where, where Billy spontaneously proposes to Sam. So now here we are, two episodes later from where this whole thing started, and Billy and Sam are now engaged. So this whole detour we had cross country was really for nothing because dramatically yes. it dug up no new story they could have just gotten proposed, gotten engaged two episodes back, and we could have just had the same crap going on. Yes, literally. This whole me. thing, this whole thing was one dramatic waste. Yes. Oh, who cares? I mean, <laughs> and that's yeah. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I I refuse to talk about it anymore. 
Okay, so let's move on then. Okay. Um, okay, so we could do um, Peter and Lexi and Coop and Michael, and then there's Jennifer thrown in there. Yes. Let's do that. Okay. Well, we start with Peter and Lexi in bed. Now, the they showed <laughs> the exterior, and I thought that it was, they were, like, still in Santa Barbara, where that conference was. But I guess it's, like, whatever complex Lexi, Rich Lexi lives in, looks like it's some sort of, like, resort area. That's how... Nice. I thought she was at a hotel, that was, but yeah, when when they flashed that, I was like, why are we back in Santa Barbara? Okay, so it wasn't just me. No, it wasn't just you. I think they're just using the same exteriors. That could to be. To signify fancy. Fancy, yeah. Anyway, so it's, Peter and Lexi are in bed, and he's, like, asking her more questions about Coop. And she's like, yeah, well, you know, he started cheating on me with this patient in a coma. Um... And and that was and that was it for our marriage because you know he was really in love and obsessed with her or with Kimberly and Peter's like Kimberly, Kimberly. what's her last name <laughs> and she's like, or he's like was it Kimberly Shaw and she's like uh, yeah why and he's like you'll never believe it what a small world Kimberly your husband had an affair with Kimberly Shaw who Michael used to be married to and who. I had almost gotten involved with, and she's like, huh, this is crazy. She, But but the big takeaway for her is, well, just watch out for Coop. <laughs> just like, yeah, but, but maybe pay a little bit to, like, the incestuousness of what you are now involved in. Well, because also, that's a lot. yeah, I mean, also, I kind of felt also let down because this was, like, the, the big secret. Like, this was the yeah. big secret, right? Like, that... That Coop had an affair with Kimberly, and he has come to Los Angeles to avenge her death. And so the only person that knew about this was Megan. Only the he knew Kimberly part. Um, and I just kind of felt like this was kind of, I don't know. It felt like kind of like the wind got taken out of my sails when when he like put it together. And I was like, come on, this is how we're gonna figure it out. Well. I mean, I agree, but I feel like even they didn't think this was our big secret. It almost feels like this is just how we're bringing Coop on. This is how we're bringing Lexi on. I don't, I mean, I guess the bigger thing is how, like, Michael will find out eventually. But for Peter, it, yeah, I mean, I think it's dramatically inert, but, but it wasn't. For me, it wasn't like they were trying to set it up the same way they did last season with Taylor's big secret about her connection to Peter. But I, I but guess. we're like prime, yeah. but we're like primed to expect it, and it's like they didn't even realize they had that. Right. I don't know. It just I mean, really yeah, felt they should like have this. made more of it. That's yeah. an end of the episode thing. That's not a yeah. beginning of the episode thing. It it really felt like a wah wah, you know? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> You know, especially since they they both kind of like shrugged it off, like, "Oh, that's curious." Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. It kind of it really does fall flat. Yeah. They could have done so much more with it. Yeah, I don't know this story. I don't know. We're, I kind of feel like we're wading into season four territory with this episode. I'm just saying. Um, God, I just can't remember more of what happened. I feel like. 
you're you're not wrong, but I don't think it ultimately descends that far only because they still sort of play it a bit safer. Right. At least in that there's no crazy like Kimberly stuff happening. Right. I mean, I just I mean, it was sort of it was it was frustrating, but it was also boring. Yeah, so I, I think like, you know what I mean? So I don't know, maybe the boring compounded the frustration because I could see there there were there were there I could like I could just the, the mistakes were so obvious and how to fix them mm-hmm. was so you know was so obvious and and it and it was very frustrating to watch. I agree. Oh yeah. Yeah, I hear that. So and I, and as I was sort of saying to myself, well at least it's not season 4, but then I was like, yeah, but it's getting really close. Yeah. Um and at least season four, like we're talking about that got really bad in the second half. Mm-hmm. And we're like episode six here. So yeah. it is on shaky ground. Yeah. Um, okay, so That's Michael too. tells Megan okay. that he's now gone to therapy on his own, thinking she'll just take him back. Um, and not only is she still planning to leave Michael, but she's planning to leave the practice. She tells she has told Coop that she has given notice. Um, so, um, Megan will not be as close to Michael for long. Um, yeah. meanwhile, Eric, he of New York and Amanda's old boss, who is in LA, is calling Megan now to arrange a date with her. Cause they met at, when he s- stepped up for her at Kyle's upstairs last week. <laughs> meanwhile, um, Michael is... He's, like, outside the door to the family therapist at the hospital, and Coop sees him, um, and Coop basically gives him this idea for for a a medical device prototype. A cauterizing Uh, glove. A cauterizing glove with, like, one finger that does the cauterizing or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, So, Michael kind of sits on the idea. Um, and then he tells Megan that, yeah, I think I'm going to, I had this idea on my own and I'm going to really make a go of like trying to patent this prototype. Well, he's telling Megan this, he sees that she gets flowers from Eric and it turns out they're not even the first flowers that Eric has sent her. So Michael is jealous. Uh, I have a question about the yeah. prototype thing. Mm-hmm. This is Coop planting these seeds with Michael. Do we know why? I mean, is there, or do you, or is this just Michael stealing somebody's idea? It was sort of hard to judge if Coop was planning it for some nefarious reason to like get Michael, or if Michael was actually stealing this idea. I don't remember from the first watch 24 years ago. My guess in watching now is still Coop is setting Michael up for something to blow up in his face. Okay, all Coop right. Coop only has revenge. But I will say, we don't know, and to that point, Lyndon Ashby is doing a very good job of playing both sides. Yes, he is. I mean, he's great. Yeah, I'm actually he's really enjoying better, it. He's kind of better than this show deserves right now. Kind of, yeah. Because I even think that, like, the other men on the show are slumming it, and he is not. Yeah. Also, uh, there isn't a lot to go on in this episode. I would say the same thing for Jeffrey Nordling as Eric. I think he is better than the show deserves right now. And I will also say, and I never thought I'd say this, I'm so sick of Jack Wagner, I want him killed off. Yeah. 
They're I, giving him nothing. He's doing nothing. He's bringing nothing. He's bringing nothing to it. And um, I think that the dynamic between him and Amanda, you know, him and Heather Locklear was fantastic. And it's gone now. And I don't see the point in keeping him around. Yeah. And that's actually something I was going to say when we got into the Amanda stuff, which is this is the worst Amanda stuff we've ever had. Yes. Not because, oh, it's a crazy or over the top or even redundant storyline, but because it is so stagnant, because there's just so nothing. And we know that she can bring more and has zero opportunity to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll get, so we'll, get, we'll get there. So there is a thing where Coop and Peter are talking about Michael and like their kind of mutual hatred slash distrust of Michael. I can't honestly remember if anything more came from that scene. Well, I think because... Uh, oh, is that with the money? I think that was I think that was with the checks where okay. um Peter kind of like creeps in is creeping around Coop's office and Coop catches him and Peter makes a, you know makes a thing about well I'm looking for a, a prescription pad Michael keeps taking mine or something like that and um but what he's really doing is snooping because he needs to find wh- which we then find out when he sees Lexi again he brings her all of these photocopied checks right where well, they were checks right yeah they were checks yeah um, to, I guess, prove how much money he's spending or Yeah, making. it's like he's helping, he's doing dirty work for Lexi, who's trying to bleed Coop dry because yes. of said Kimberly affair. Right. Um, but, but that was sort of, but that was when, when he got caught in the office, I think that's when they had that conversation about Michael. Yeah, that was it. That was it. Okay. And, yeah. and I don't really recall what that was about. Yeah, I mean, I think you co- you probably remembered more about it than I did. I think that's I think that's all there really is to it. Okay, okay, that's um, it. And then I guess that's it when it's like he gives her the the checks that, like gift wrapped in a box. Yeah, and um and that's kind of like the end of those two, right? Uh, that of Peter and of Lexi. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like that's the last we see of them. Yeah. Um, it's not the last we see of Coop though, because he does yeah. return to Michael back at the practice. And he's like, yeah, so I think we should really move ahead with this idea of the cauterizing glove. And Michael's like, no, you know what? It's it's not really a good idea. I don't think there's anything here. If there was, someone else would have already patented it. Um, and Coop leaves, and then Michael tells Jennifer that, like, you know what? I want to move forward with this, and I think we know how I can finance this venture. Which leads us to the Jennifer Craig stuff. So we can go back to the beginning there which is Jennifer sees Craig sitting out uh, by the pool um, and she brings him cookies as a gift. And he's like, you bake these? She's like, okay, you caught me. I bought them. Ha 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 ha. Um, and he, she asks again what he's doing with his like new windfall, Sydney's blood money. And um, he says he's going on a cruise. And again, she's like shocked. She's like, that's what you're doing with your money. He's like, yeah, I missed out on life doing all those things. Like, going to school and working and eating gold sandwiches. So I want to go on uh, this cruise and really see the world. Um, <laughs> and she says something like, why are you wasting $100,000 on a boat? Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, since when did cruises cost 100 I mean, I know they're not cheap, but 100 grand? Jesus, where's he going? Trip around the wa- world? Yeah, that's a lot, that's a lot to blow on a, you know, a couple stopovers at, like... <laughs> Lisbon. Puerto Vallarta. Like, is he gonna go live on Fantasy Island? What the what? What is this? <laughs> yeah, and think a hundred thousand then was even more. But um, 
So yeah, but that also he puts it together that Sid's father came back to him with an apology and the money because Jennifer approached him, which yeah. doesn't really add to anything that he knows that. No, no doesn't really cares. seem. No, doesn't seem to change anything. But Jennifer now has like I don't know a plan C, a plan D, a plan. <laughs> Um, she goes to Michael. She like walks in on a meeting that Michael is having as chief of staff with whatever other important medical people at the hospital. Fools, all of them be. Um, and she interrupts Michael. She pulls him out and she's like, this is an emergency. You, I need you to help me with Craig again. And I think the way to do it is Craig should fund your medical device or he should fund whatever you're researching. And Michael, she explains that it's, Sid's um, the insurance payout, and yeah. Michael still doesn't even acknowledge Nothing. that Sid is dead. Nor does he acknowledge <laughs> that he was once married to Sid. Like, Absolutely had nothing. She, yeah. Had she died when like she had like conned him into getting married, or when he was going to murder her, like he could have come into that exact same money. And there isn't even like a humorous <laughs> like nothing. It's he would just, had a windfall. Just talking about how Craig has this windfall. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's it was that is absolutely hilarious because there was no absolutely no recognition of that marriage or that you know, you know that not was, even anything on Jennifer's part where she's like because you know the payout on your wife number two like none of it none of it none of it it's like it never even happened yeah and if you weren't watching from the beginning you might not even know. <laughs> So, so okay, that kind of brings us back to where we left off with Michael and Coop, where he's like, you know what, this cauterizing glove is a good idea. What, like, mustache twirling thing can I do now? He tells Jennifer that, yes, I think I do want to move ahead. We need Craig's money. So then the next thing we see is they, uh, Jennifer and Michael are going to the cruise, which Craig is still waiting to board. And this is where it's a little too soon. It's a little too close to home to watch. Um, because like, Craig, how come you didn't board the ship? But they know why he hasn't. They knew that he hadn't. And Craig's like, well, they told us we couldn't board yet because an anonymous person called in and said that there is an infectious disease on board. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, in 2020, that didn't stop anybody from getting on a cruise ship. <laughs> nope. And it didn't stop the infectious disease from infecting either. <laughs> Remember a year ago when all those cruise ships were like stuck yep. in ports and nobody yep. would let them off the boat and nobody yep. would go on the boat and it was just, they were just stuck in limbo. Yeah. Yeah, we had our own episode like that. But it was actually, um, um, what's her name? It was actually Jennifer that called in the infectious disease. Yeah, which, you know, that's what you do if you're waiting to board a cruise. They tell everyone, oh, wait, we had an anonymous caller. Just just sit tight and we're going to inspect the infectious disease. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a bomb threat. It was an infectious disease. But hey, that's fine. It was, um, I had a good chuckle over that. It was It was funny. But that's the whole thing. About so Craig is going to go ahead and invest with Michael. Michael in two sentences talks him into doing this venture with him. Um, but it's like the I mean I know Michael is all over these stories throughout the episodes we have in season six. But the, the, when Michael and Jennifer get together and like this stuff in particular, it feels like a completely different show. It's like 
a Laurel and Hardy movie or the Keystone Cops or something where it's really like, dun -dun 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 -dun, ha -ha, here we are. Um, what crazy thing can we do now? Whereas everything else is like twisted and nefarious. They're like bumbling in a 1940s sort of way. That yeah, but you know what? I'm here it. for it. I'm here for it. It is ultimately really more enjoyable, right? <laughs> I'm really loving this because it is the show I'd rather see. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, because Thomas Calabro does this so well, he and does. he has and makes it look had, so easy. And and he hasn't had, he hasn't really had anybody to do this with really since Sid. Yeah, it's true. Because even Taylor didn't. It, it just wasn't the same. That's and, absolutely right. And so having his, what, what I actually liked about having the sister there doing that is that this is not going to be wrapped up in who Michael is having sex with. Yes. Um, this is actually because this is his sister. And so we can actually have some really fun bickering without all of this turning into like, you know, Michael's sexcapades. It, yeah. What will this lead to? Who's he going to be in bed? Who's he cheating on? Who will find him out? That sort of stuff. Yeah. None of that baggage is here. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, because all of that was getting a little bit old. It was kind of like, yeah, yeah, we know Michael's, you know, Michael's just going to keep sleeping around, you know. Um, but but now that we have Jennifer in the mix and she can kind of be that, you know, they can be the terrible twosomes together. Um, but we don't have that added layer of them having like any sort of relationship other than being brother and sister and having right. a shared right. history. Um, and, you know, when I watch them, I'm kind of like, God, what was it like to be their mom? That must have been. Well, you'll, I think you're going to see their mom, by the way, later on this season. Oh, fun. Just oh, putting that out there. Oh, fun. So, you know, I, I, I agree, though. It is like it is like where there are two completely different shows because we've got this sort of like the absurdity of Michael and Jennifer. Um, and then we've got all the other gauzy shit that's going on around them. Yeah. Yeah, it is actually the one I like to watch more. Yeah. They yeah. just don't jive. Speaking of gauzy. All right. So we go to Kyle and Taylor and Amanda. Um, yeah. Uh, so Kyle, sort of as an olive branch, gives a stuffed teddy bear to Taylor, which I guess comes from his parents, who, if you're going to mention them, I want to see them at some point, And I don't think we do. Um and, and and so Taylor's like, oh, this is a sweet gesture. Thanks. He's like, but I still want to know about the paternity test. When are we right. going to find the results? Uh, so so Taylor runs to Michael and he's like, you're still not pregnant. So, of <laughs> course, this fuels her desperation even more. And she's like, no, no, no. I have to convince Kyle that I'm pregnant. I'm, I'm working on fully winning him over, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, uh, all of your eggs in the Kyle basket. Just like, stop. Like stop, literally. Stop. Yeah, I was just gonna, I was gonna say literally. Um, so later, Kyle is talking to Jennifer, um, and he talks about how he has lost the lease on the Boston restaurant, which is like, well, yeah, you've been busy running around here in LA. I could see how you would uh, not have your finger on the pulse there. Um, and Amanda then enters the scene. Uh, and is talking to Kyle. Um, and, you know, he mentions something about Taylor. And she's like, this isn't about Taylor's pregnancy. This is about Taylor trying to steal you back. And he defends Taylor. So then, like, Amanda's coming off hot from that discussion. 
and Taylor enters the upstairs looking for Kyle. And Amanda lies to Taylor, innocuously enough, and is like, well, Kyle's out. You'll have to see him tomorrow. Um, which she will later say she did just because she knew that Kyle was dealing with a lot and didn't need Taylor coming in there. But was also just because she wants to keep Taylor away from Kyle, I think. I think so. Um, and, and this leads to another fight between Taylor and Amanda. And you can see it coming because they start from inside and then go closer to outside of the upstairs entrance uh, with Taylor right at the top of the stairs. Um, and then as the fight continues, Taylor throws herself down the stairs. So it looks like Amanda essentially pushed or at least caused her to tumble all the way down the stairs. This is where we get the title of the episode, The Light at the End of the Tumble. Oh, tumble down the stairs. Oh, I was thinking fall. Like, I, I, I was not using tumble. You were head. thinking gymnastics. I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking gymnastics. Um, so that's that's what it is. Um, we see Kyle in Taylor's hospital room, uh, presumably the next day. And Michael, of all doctors in the hospital comes in he's like yes the baby is gone because anyone else would have been like there was never a baby but luckily michael has finagled his way in to perpetuate the one thread of the charade that he actually can do and not even be lying and say there is no baby well you know interestingly i think because i believe taylor was about to say something to kyle about the baby just not Existing. I think she was. And yeah. Michael walked in and gave her her out, which I thought yeah. was like perfect. And I was like, good on you, Michael. So I don't even think that this came from Taylor. Like, I think this came from. No, because they wouldn't have had time to orchestrate this. She yeah. was too busy being in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this was like all Michael sort of giving her the out that she didn't even realize. I think you're, I think so, too. Yeah. Which I thought was like really clever and interesting. And I wish they had more of those moments. I agree. Um, so Kyle is pissed at Amanda. He's pissed that Amanda lied to Taylor. He's pissed that Tyler ended up down the stairs losing the baby and says, you know, Amanda might as well have pushed her down. Um, and then there's a scene where Amanda comes to Taylor in the hospital room and apologizes and then even offers to give her a ride home, uh, which Taylor accepts. And I guess I wish I had seen that conversation because... We've never seen them being civil to each other once. I don't even know what this ride home looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious what, what it was and what Amanda's motivations were. And what does this mean between Amanda and Taylor moving forward? Because even in that moment when Amanda is like, well, let me give you a ride home. Or like they kind of made peace or whatever. Mm -hmm. Taylor didn't act like a banshee either. You know, no. which I was kind of anticipating her to... I don't know, like sly smile or raise her eyebrows or like like some sort of something that said she was going to take Amanda on a ride. Right. Mm -hmm. Like she was like yeah. she was going to like Amanda's being nice to her and she is totally. going to use this. And I didn't get that. No, there is none get of that. that from that. They actually both act civil and there's no telegraphing like ulterior motives or winking about anything. No, yeah. it's seen, no there's like a detente that we've not seen between them. And I'm like, so why? I'm like, well, what else? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, what, I, what I would, what I would love is for them to join forces and have each other's backs and not be fighting about any man. I don't think that's what. That's happens. not gonna happen. This is Melrose Place. Yep. This is. I know. I asked for the nineties. Yeah. 
not gonna yeah. happen. Don't you know women just fight over men? That's all we do. So that's all that happens in the world. Yeah. That's all we do. Nothing else. Um oh so so we're at um not shooters. Oh my god, never again. We're at upstairs. <laughs> and that's where Erica's taken Megan on their date. Again, LA's a big place, but oh they always go to upstairs. Um and at one point I guess Megan she goes to the bathroom, she says all of Eric's uh compliments are making her blush, blah blah blah. And when it's just Eric and Kyle, Eric mentions how Kyle lost the Boston restaurant because Amanda had mentioned it to him, which also pisses Kyle off. Um, but it looks like he has cooled down later. He comes home and, to Amanda, and they seem okay. And I guess Kyle says something to Amanda that Taylor said Amanda was nice or sensitive to her or something like that. And then Kyle goes back to Taylor's apartment, I guess, to check on her, right? No, well, Amanda basically tells him to do it. She's like, why don't you go see Taylor and check on her because she probably needs you right now. Yeah, yeah. So it was actually Amanda's idea she for actually Kyle sent to go. Him down. Right. Yeah. And, and while um, she's looking out, Eric comes back to Melrose Place with Megan. Megan goes up to her apartment, and it's just Eric standing there. Amanda's looking out the window, and then Eric looks right at her. Uh, and in slow mo, we see her immediately like closing the the drape, the curtain. Um, uh, what's the word that I want? Unsettled by mm-hmm. Eric, who's really looking at her like. Like like the Terminator honing in on its target, really, um, and that's where they leave us. I mean, I can't even give this one an E for effort. And, and no, I mean it didn't bother me. It didn't offend me in any way. But I'm really just going. Where are we going? What, what do you? How are you going to spin all of this into story for? 26 more episodes or whatever they have. Um, so we'll see. But again, yes, I guess it didn't offend me, but the Billy Sam was a complete waste of time story. I agree with that. We did not need to go to Maryland. No. No. Even if it was them just, you know, going to a pond to film, like, we didn't need to take that <laughs> We really didn't need that trip. So that's the episode. Um... I don't know. Big fat, who cares? Yeah. Kind yeah. of like And I wonder if we're going to have a few of those piling up in front of us. Oh, dear. Well, you know, at least we have Michael and Jennifer. That that was always yeah, We you do know, have the Mancini fun. fun. We have the Mancini fun. And, you know, I am enjoying Coop for what it is. I'd like to see more of him. That's how I feel, too. Um, but otherwise, you know, Lexi. Ugh. I, I kind of feel like the Coop and Lexi thing could be really interesting, but I don't know. The Peter and Lexi thing, not so interesting. Yeah, if Coop and Lexi really came on as a package deal, it would be different. I'm not sure what we'd be getting out of it, but I think we'd be getting more out of it. But who knows? Yeah, and I kind of feel like with Lexi and Peter, I don't know, that it just, that feels really forced, too. Yeah, and I feel like this is where we stay for a while, where Peter and Lexi have a story, but it's kind of like always shunted off to the side and not well integrated. And wouldn't Michael and Lexi be a better pairing? Yeah. You know, even though we know the whole thing with Megan and all of that, but I kind of feel like if this was really 
going to be interesting, they would have paired Lexi and Michael together because that could have yeah, been explosive. I think, yeah, and I think I think Thomas Calabro could have even brought more out of um, um, shit. What is her name? I really do have Alzheimer's. Oh, Gee. I do too. Yeah, yeah. So again, you know, I just kind of feel like once again, like there are all of these opportunities possibilities. That they had and possibilities, yeah. and they it's like. It's like they just blew every single one. It's like a deck of cards falling. Yeah, I feel like that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, house of cards, not a deck of cards. Ugh. Well, it falls either way. All right, let's go to the boulevard because I'm really tired tonight. <laughs> and I'm already forgetting stuff, so yes, we should. I know, we we're both like, wait, week. what? <laughs> yes, we will you see guys, you next week. Take care, and we'll catch you in a week when we're back on the block. Bye. <laughs>